Thanks for tuning in to McNamara on Money, a podcast about all things financial. On this show, we talk about investments and investment performance. In our practice, we give financial advice to our clients. We know their financial situation in detail before doing so. That's not the case with callers we may speak to on this show. We can't give truly meaningful financial advice because we don't know the detailed financial situation of the caller. Any suggestions we make to callers are generic in nature and meant to steer a caller in the right direction. Listeners to this podcast should consult their own financial professionals before implementing any suggestions we might make. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And welcome to McNamara on Money. My name is Justin McNamara alongside Alyssa McNamara-Reed. How are you doing this morning, Alyssa? I'm well, thank you. Good morning. Happy Labor Day weekend. Happy Labor Day weekend to you. All right, so we have a we have a plan here. We're going to call this show Annuities for Income. Although I will full disclosure, Alyssa, this is I'm the, technically the host this week, but you you suggested this topic. You said you wanted to rant a little bit this morning about annuities. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited. How much time do we have? We only have an hour now. I know now. Yeah, finally yeah. we get to yeah a yeah. topic like this where you could go on forever, but we're going to be limited now to our new <laughs> one hour format. Yeah. So we're going to just call it Annuities for Income. We're going to be fairly broad based on the topic. We will get into some of the details. I should say right off the top that annuities are, I would say, exceptionally complicated. If you just say the term annuity, it doesn't even mean, you know, the same thing to everybody. It essentially just means an investment type account that's associated with an insurance company. And that's about the end of it. There are lots of different types of annuities and there are, they mean different things to different people. So we're going to try to start, start off the show with some bigger picture stuff. And then we're going to get into more of the, the income side of it and the income planning piece of it as we go forward. That work for you? Yeah, perfect. All righty. Okay. Just big picture. Let's go over a few of the terms. Immediate annuity, right? So this might be the one that, that for most people comes to mind first. It's just you hand your money to an insurance company and they hand you a stream of income, right? Oh, you're going to give them the hundred thousand dollars and they will give you $600 a month for the rest of your life or for a joint life expectancy. It might be a little bit less or you're going to maybe the income is for five years or 10 years or some combination. Or in other words, just it's a simple trade. You give them, you give the insurance company money. They give you a guaranteed stream of income based on some predetermined set of rules. And there are lots of different options. It's certainly not the kind of thing where we just say, oh, everyone is a lifetime annuitization. There's lots of options there. Yeah. And so basically like I basically, you can turn an asset into income. And sometimes I, in to explain these more simply to people, sometimes I just describe them as a pension. You can basically take a chunk of money and you can turn it into a pension for either your life or your life with your spouse, or they can be more complicated like that. But most people understand that. And when we say you and I in our world would use the term annuitization once in a while. And when we say that term annuitization, we're basically talking about this, where we're, there's no longer like an asset that you can draw from, like an account that you can draw from. You get rid of the asset and you make it a stream of income for a determined period of time. So that's what that basically annuitization is referencing turning it into turning some chunk of money into this immediate annuity. And yeah, just to be clear, all of the types of annuities, you know what, that's a, I'll say, or the majority, I'm not sure there are lots and lots of insurance companies. I would say that virtually all of them can be annuitized at some point. They may start out as one different type of annuity. And then at some point in the future, you may be able to just switch them over to your standard annuity. That's again, like a pension. Yeah, that's probably uh, fair. I don't know if that's a hundred percent, but yeah, in general, yeah. I think that's probably fair. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Let's go a fixed annuity. Another we're starting simple Mm -hmm. here and we'll get more complicated as we go. Fixed annuity is just an annuity that pays you a fixed interest rate, right? So it's called like a CD. I don't know what we need to spend. 
yeah. you know, a whole heck of a lot of time on it. You I, know, don't know you how your- com- I don't know how common those are either and probably have not yeah. been very common with interest rates low in the last decade or so. Maybe will become more common moving forward yeah. now that interest rates are higher. But yeah, a very uncommon type of annuity from what I understand. Yeah, I did look up some rates okay. for, you know, during my show prep. They are similar to similar to CD rates, right? So you yeah. know, it was in like the five and a half percent range for five years, which is in the ballpark of what a CD is around the time when we're recording. Fairly straightforward. I hand my $100,000 to the insurance company. They guarantee me a 5.5% or whatever the number is rate of return for a set number of years, whether it's one, five, 10, 20. And that's pretty much the end of it. You do have to, there'll be a decision at the end of your term, right? So it may, depending on the annuity company, we're not sure what happens. There's probably a reset after that point in time, like your CD rolling over at a fresh new set of interest rates. So again, pretty straightforward. Don't know, probably okay to move on from that one. I was going to say one, one difference though is, and I'm not sure if this is a blanket statement, but I think it's the vast majority, right? So one difference between CDs and deferred annuities is the tax treatment. So CD interest is due annually is not a deferred investment. In other words, the taxes are due in year earned unless unless you have that CD inside of an, an IRA at the bank. That would be different. But most people have CDs outside of an IRA, just like in their names. But deferred annuities are tax. Def- sorry, fixed annuities are that you're talking about are right. deferred. The taxes are deferred. So if you do a five year fixed annuity, the taxes are deferred until the end of that five year period of time, unless you do. That, I'm sorry. Yeah, we should have mentioned yeah, that up front. Yeah, yeah up, up, applying to all the annuities that are deferred. Your immediate annuity is going to be taxed. And we'll talk a bit about how those are taxed maybe later in the show. But a fixed annuity that is deferred, the taxes are also deferred when we get into variable annuities. So in, in the annuity space, you are not paying taxes until distributions, similar to a 401k, although it's a little more right. complicated if you're if the money is coming from a outside of an IRA. Right. But yes, you are correct about that. So there is a benefit there over, say, a CD, although depending on what happens afterwards, right? When you do take that right. distribution, it can get a little bit complicated with the tax piece of it. But yeah, so inherent advantage there and that you're not paying taxes as you go. Yeah, maybe an advantage. Although if someone, if it's like a very large, we could get into the details, but if it's a large fixed annuity and then right. all the earnings come due in one year, maybe that's not a good thing. So that's just a difference, but maybe the deferral is good for most people, but maybe not all, but yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, like a lot of things with tax, yeah, it's going to depend yeah. on your individual Depends. situation, right? So usually, yeah. so most most tax softwares would say, oh, you want to not pay tax. The later right. you pay taxes, the better, but doesn't right. always work for every person in every situation. A variable annuity, that's essentially like a, I'm going to say most people are familiar with the 401k, uh, a variable annuity is just an annuity that invests in a set of underlying investments. So similar to your 401k, there's, you have the annuity wrapper, yeah. and then you can pick from a set of investments. Sometimes right. it's 20, sometimes it's 100, and your your individual risk return profile can change depending on what set of investments you choose. So it's very similar to an investment account. And, I like a hybrid you know, investment insurance product. Yeah. Because it's like an insurance product, but it's but you can have an investment inside of that insurance wrapper. You use the term wrapper. That's a good good word. It's like a hybrid. Yeah. Yes. And I think, again, important to point out, there is tax deferral associated with that. Right. So for for the for a variable annuity 
they often make sense for folks. If you had a big lump sum of money and you didn't want to pay taxes on it, you can, if you're 35, you can invest in an annuity and you don't owe taxes until the money is withdrawn. So you're talking about very long periods of potential tax deferral, which is nice. Obviously the investment rate of return volatility is all going to be tied into the underlying investments that you choose. Obviously you have to talk about, there are fees and costs that will differ between annuities. And it's, again, I think this one's maybe fairly straightforward. So we could maybe, I don't know if you want to move on from that one. (laughs) I'm just just getting the big picture here first. Yeah, no, I think that's fine. I do want to get into the details about the living benefits and the guaranteed income streams and some of these variable annuity products. That was a purpose for the show. I do want to get into that, but I did want to touch on taxes for a moment, just because any opportunity we can touch on that. But it's so if we have a non what we call in our world, we would call like a non qualified chunk of money. Right. So this is money outside of a retirement account. Let's say someone just has one hundred thousand dollars of money outside of a retirement account, it's in cash in the bank or something. In the world of traditional investments, right? You can invest, let's say then, let's say they want to invest the money. So in the world of a traditional investment account, maybe the term brokerage account or just a regular investment account, that not this type of money, again, outside of an IRA, no tax deferral, right? So as it's invested and, and hopefully not guaranteed, but earns, generates income, the investor would be receiving a tax document in the year the income is generated. And, and so we call that Another term for that is a taxable account, right? Because people are getting a tax document and they're paying some taxes on that. And not to get too complicated, but the taxes that an investment account like this, a non-qualified investment account, generate, there's like hybrid taxes, right? Like some of it is taxes, <laughs> income, yeah. some of it is might be tax-free because maybe it's municipal bonds and then some of it yeah. might be taxed at capital gains rates. And so it, it's there, it, the taxes can be complicated and somewhat hard yeah. to estimate, but it's like a hybrid. I think uh, most of the people are are familiar. They've gotten their 1099s at the end of the year and they see if you have yeah. a taxable account, it's a long document versus right. for the, for anyone who's taken money out of an IRA or annuity, it's like a very simple, Hey, here's what you took out of the annuity. And this is your, this is your tax on this. It's like literally one number. Whereas in a taxable account, the, the tax document can be, it can be 20 pages long because you have all yeah. these securities and this, the, these transactions are taxed in this bucket and this one taxed in this bucket. So it's, yeah. it's definitely a, a more complex tax system versus the annuity, which is, Simple. More simple, right. And so to contrast that with annuity, if this investor put $100,000 into a variable annuity and invest it, let's say they invested in like the same investment strategy, right? So inside of the annuity, the if the account generates... It grows and generates what otherwise would be taxable earnings earnings in a current year. So it's a tax now inside of an annuity, it's a tax deferred account. So there's no 1099 generated to, and the investor wouldn't pay taxes in that year. But if, and fast forward to when this investor that has money inside of an annuity takes the money out of the variable annuity, it's it's somewhat of a hybrid because some of the funds, the dollars would come out tax free and some would come out taxable at income rates and, and the way that you take it out. And yeah, re- return of capital, right? Yeah. So some of it is not taxed because it's your money and the rest is taxed at income rates. Hold that thought while we take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Alyssa Reed with McNamara Financial in Marshfield. Your investment strategy should largely be determined by the amount of time you have before needing the money. If you are aggressively invested, time is your friend when it comes to your portfolio recovering from this scary stock market. If you need your invested money soon, it should have been conservative to begin with. If you're not sure how your money is invested, I'd be happy to offer my opinion. 781-834-2010. 
And we're back with more about today's topic, annuities. And so I just, what makes sense really, again, depends on the individual investor and what tax bracket they're in now and what they might be in later and all that stuff. Sometimes we talk about, I guess my point is tax deferral sometimes is great if someone's a higher income earner and then they can pay taxes, taking the money out of the annuity down the road when maybe they're in retirement in a lower bracket, that's going to make sense. But if someone isn't in a very high tax bracket now, then paying some taxes along the way in favor of maybe lower taxes later isn't always a bad thing. Nobody really wants to pay taxes, but if you you can pay it at a low rate over time, you can avoid paying it on a higher chunk of money later. I just wanted to touch on that. Maybe what as it could have been, but <laughs> just to be and just to follow up on that just a bit. The I think it's you can everyone's tax situation again, as we mentioned, is different. And and the complexity of doing an actual apples to apples comparison, because we're looking into the future, right? So yeah. if you really wanted to say which is better, you would need a lot of different data points, right? You would need the person's literally their how long they're gonna live, what yeah. their what each of the investment accounts is gonna earn, and their tax rate every year and what what the nature of the growth in the in a taxable account would be you know what percentage of it is going to be is non-tax depreciation what percent of it is dividends what percent of it is municipal bonds there's like almost infinite complexity in doing yeah. an apples to apples comparison so it makes it very difficult and i think if you were just going to simplify it which i think is maybe the unless you're you know, close to, to retirement and have an understanding of when your when your income is going to start. I think it's probably better to just say the longer the time period that you have, the more attractive an annuity is. Because if you can dodge taxes for 20 or 30 years, you're probably going to win that bet. And certainly if your income is on the higher end, that's yeah. another way. So if you're higher income, longer time, usually you're going to win with tax deferral, although there's a, there's obviously a lot of other and factors I, that go into it. Annuity cost. So, I, Annuity cost. And I think also size of the investment, right? So like a higher income earner, maybe this is like 50,000 or a hundred thousand bucks. Okay. What is it really going to generate for you in terms of taxable income outside of an annuity? And it might not be enough to like swing a tax bracket or get into, get into surtaxes on investment earnings and things like that, which is a part of our tax code. But if it's a very sizable amount of money, especially for a higher income earner, a quarter million, half a million or more, then that could be generating taxable income that's taxed at higher rates than regular capital gains rates, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I think size of the investment also is a factor. Right. Um, yep. And liquidity needs. There's yeah. We're yeah. going down a rabbit hole of. But yeah. And I think in general, because of the tax nature of the annuity, you do it's it tends to be a longer term investment unless you're retirement age, right? Because yeah. annuities do follow the same the same withdrawal rules. I guess probably broadly speaking, as a four hundred one k does, right? You know, annuity yeah. distributions prior to fifty nine and a half are taxed plus, and a penalty is added on. Yeah. All right. And also age of investor, right? Also a right. factor whether or not the annuity makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh-huh. a whole, yeah. I don't know if we, we yeah. Well, <laughs> I think we've got a lot of rabbit holes with annuities. <laughs> yeah. um, um, all right. What uh, else okay. is on your outline in terms of background before we get into some specifics regarding the income, the living, some of the, what we call living benefits or income? Yeah. Of annuities. Uh, yeah, we, so we did immediate, we did fixed, and we did variable. I think those are the probably the simplest okay. examples. We should probably talk about the fixed index annuities. They're fairly oh, popular. Yeah. Yeah. We're we're getting into hybrid investment products. A fixed, obviously, a fixed annuity is just like a CD. A variable annuity, very similar to your four hundred one k. A fixed indexed annuity is a 
it's it's an appreciation vehicle, but generally with downside protection. So okay. you're in you're investing in the market with the well, floor. Yeah, but limiting your downside. Yeah. And again, we're having on over the description because they're all different. There are lots of different ways, but generically speaking, you are in a fixed index annuity, you're trading some potential upside in order to limit your downside in some yeah. way. Just yeah. simply speaking, a lot of them say you're, you'll never lose any money, your account won't go down in value. And in exchange for that, we're going to cap your upside, right? So if the S&P 500 is up 30%, maybe you're only going to get 12 or whatever the numbers yeah. are. And all the annuity companies do them slightly differently. But the sales pitch on them would be, all right, you're going to have some upside, but we're going to take away your downside. And they can use different indexes there. They can use different cap rates. There's all kinds of stuff. And you really, it's hard to do on the radio, but I think we've simplified it maybe as much as possible there. Yeah. Yeah. I like to explain annuities just in general as you're paying an insurance company to take risk for you. I I think could simplify it that way. Really any type of annuity, you're paying an insurance company X fees and or X percent to take risk for you. So I think that all of these, what we've talked about, all of them and what we'll continue to talk about in terms of these income benefits is they're, I think they're probably most appropriate for people that want to avoid certain risks, right? Maybe they're risk averse, risk averse investors or and or they want to be somewhat risk averse with a chunk of money. And I think that's where they have their place in the world. And I do sometimes go on rants about annuities, but I do recognize (laughs) that they have their place in the world for people that are uncomfortable with taking certain types of risks on their own. So like we talked about annuitizing and, and immediate annuities where you can take a chunk of money and turn it into a pension, right? And so if someone doesn't want to risk running out of a certain chunk of money or their money, then they can hand it to an insurance company. The insurance company takes that risk and they can take income for life. Was that, will that have been a great investment for them over time? Maybe not, depends on how long they live, but they are not taking what we call longevity risk. And then and index annuities are a different type of risks that someone might not be willing to take. But but another example of you're, you're paying an insurance company more than you would pay as an investor taking risk on your own in traditional brokerage account, most likely, I should say that most likely paying more probably yep. insurance company to take risk for you. So with index annuities, for example, you're you if you don't want to risk your account fluctuating downward, then you can pay an insurance company to take that risk. So they're going to say your account won't you you won't have a downward fluctuation. You won't you can't have a return that's less than zero. Generally speaking, I've seen these index annuities, right? Yep. In an exchange for that, again, you're li- you're limiting your upside. So in really great years in the markets or in your investment portfolio, you're capped on your upside in exchange for, as you explained, protection on the downside. So that's, again, just, and there are fees associated with that, likely higher than in fees if you were to take your own risk in, a, in an investment account. So you're, you're paying an insurance company to take investment risk for you with these index annuities. Uh, So I think that's just like a good way to explain. You'll hear that annuities are expensive. You'll hear that from me. You'll hear that probably from other (laughs) people. Yes, they are. I I have some numbers to dig into. The the costs are really going to be all over the place with the different contracts and the different companies and all that stuff. 
and the fees can be hard to find. You have to very specifically ask questions. I don't think they're disclosed well in the insurance world, nor are fees disclosed in the investment world. You and I know that. We we try to be very upfront about cost. But in general, it's hard to know probably like what 0.5% of the population knows what it costs them to be an investor in a traditional account or in an annuity, especially in an annuity. But yeah, but anyway, it's the insurance annuity products. Yes, they are expensive. And as long as people understand what they're getting for that, I think that's perfectly fine. Like, yep, you could pay two, two and a half, three, three and a half percent per year, for example, for some annuity contract. But what is it providing you? And do you see the value in that? And so I'll be upfront that, yep, I think these have their place in the world. But yes, they're high fee. And but people should understand that. And I just I get frustrated with annuities, I think, because the fees are they are high and they're not disclosed well. I have never met anyone that knows what they're paying to have an annuity contract. (laughs) Having said that, I guess I'll be honest that if someone was like happy with their um, annuity, maybe they wouldn't be asking my opinion, but so I don't know if I'm just not meeting people that understand exactly what they're paying for an annuity. (laughs) Okay. So I'll be open about that. I I guess that was, I was just about to point that out. Yeah. Yeah. We probably have a, our opinion of annuities probably stems from our experience with them, which is folks who really don't understand them, right? And yeah. just to be clear, they're, they're, they can be spectacularly complicated. They're very difficult to understand. And so maybe at some, maybe at the point of purchase, you did understand it, but then here we are five years later. And I don't remember what that guy told me about, about yeah. how much, what the cost structure is. And they certainly aren't sending it on a quarterly statement. That's, I think our bias is that these, they're, they're, they're just very hard to understand. And we will see people in the questioning phase after the purchase. And it's just, oh, now we have yeah. to call the insurance company and they're, we're working with a client who didn't know this, that, or the other thing about their particular investments. Occasionally a frustrating situation yeah. for all involved. Yeah. I do know. I do have some clients that are that have some annuities and are happy with them. So I guess I shouldn't. I'm not yeah. always. And they compliment their traditional investments and all that. But, but yeah. And I guess if we're being honest, we could say that about, we might explain X, Y, Z to our client investors. And six months yeah. later, could they reiterate yeah. and explain that? Probably not. So <laughs> I don't know why I have this much <laughs> this in large cap core. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, so I guess after the break, we'll get into, yeah. I wanted to get into some details about what we call living benefits. I think these are very popular now, guaranteed minimum income benefits, et cetera. So we'll, we'll have time to get into that after the break. All right. You are listening to McNamara on Money. My name is Justin McNamara, and we will be right back. 